Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Watch out! This episode has some naughty words. And I'm Andrew Dado, and this is this glorious mess, Big Kids, the podcast for parents who think they're normal most of the time. <laughs> most of most the time. Most of the time. You must have normal. You must have moments, Holly, like now, for instance, in your cupboard of blankets, where you go, it's not normal. It's not normal. <laughs> it's not normal. Life has not been normal for a while in my house. Normalcy will resume a little bit. On Monday, when the kids go back to school, when the kids oh, wow. go back to school. Woo-hoo-hoo. Is that this week? When we're recording this show, dear listeners, I have two days left of homeschool. So thank God for that. A little bit more normalcy will come. This is a show for parents with kids over the age of five. Not that there are rules. We're not going to throw you out if they're younger <laughs> than that. But if you'd rather hear stories about little kids Lee Campbell and Tegan Natoli are amazing and they're funny and they're on every Monday on this glorious mess. Little kids, you're listening to the big kids. Yeah, the big version. kids. This is the big kids. Yes. This is interesting, right? We have a series on Mamma Mia where we ask parents to write about their five golden rules of parenting. And it goes really well because everybody wants to know what other people do in their houses, like what the rules are. So Andrew and I decided we better turn that spotlight on ourselves. So a little bit later in the show, you're going to be hearing our five golden rules of parenting. Are you excited about that? Did you find it hard to come up with five golden rules? No. (laughs) Do I always live by them? No. Oh, okay, good. They're like a theory, a manifesto in theory. Okay. And then ever since I wrote it, I've been thinking about, shit, I should have done something about kindness. I should have done this. I should have done that. But it is what it is. Hang on. There's still time. We haven't (laughs) done it yet. Just lie. Right. Before we get to that, parenting mentors. This is when you guys ask us a question because Andrew and I, we're not experts. Always important to put that out there, but we've got a lot of years between us. I've got two kids who are only just still in primary school and Andrew. Yeah, mine are older. They're nearly all grown up. Just had the 22 walk past having just got out of bed looking like he'd been, Jesus Christ, eating, I don't know, a thousand chilies. He just he's, looked like his head had exploded. <laughs> But that was just his hair. Yes. <laughs> just his hair. Okay. So we've got a lot of experience. Let's put it that way. So. Parenting mentors. Do we get a cape? <laughs> we have got a listener question today that goes like this. My son is horribly afraid of dogs. We used to have one up until he was two and nothing ever happened and he was never afraid of her. But now if a dog comes into a park, trots over to him or is in his line of sight, he absolutely loses it. Cries hysterically, wants me to pick him up and screams. 
It's so hard because my in-laws have a dog as well as friends and other family and it's making us all anxious because we know how he'll react if we go there. Even if the dog is locked outside, the owner inevitably lets it in at some point. And I hate seeing him so terrified. What can I do? And please don't say get a dog. I feel like that's pointed at you, Andrew, because that's always your advice for everything. Get a dog. It is. <laughs> what can I do, she says, or have you been through this before? It's getting worse and the amount of people who don't care that their dog is off lead or running into playgrounds is insane. A dog chased him onto the road and now it seems inevitable wherever we go to a park, a dog turns up and it's so stressful. Oh, no. Mm. I feel really bad for you mm. because... It is really stressful when you know that there's something that's going on with your kid that you can't really avoid. And let's face it, since lockdown more than ever, there are dogs bloody everywhere. And dogs not necessarily well trained and in control because it's just so much fun having a dog and then you have to train them. So, hey, Hol, I know we're not experts. This sort of sounds like it's entering the area of a phobia, doesn't it? Well, it does, but I also think, and you know, some kids do grow out of these kind of obsessive fears, but I know a kid who has a fear like this and he's 11 and he still feels the same. Mm. He can't be anywhere near a dog. I find it a bit sad that you say that when you take your kid to your friends or family, they don't always keep the dog outside. That seems a little bit selfish. Andrew and I are both dog owners, full disclosure. We have a dog. She's not badly trained, but she's very enthusiastic when anyone comes to the house. So some of the kids' friends don't like it, that she like will jump up at them and try and lick their legs and try and all that. So we obviously try and keep her down. And we do our best to keep her away from them. But it's actually quite hard. If you've got a dog who has the run of the house and the garden, like it's actually quite hard to keep that separation all the time. What should you do? Andrew, help me. <laughs> I actually think this is one of those cases where maybe the mum needs to take her son to see someone, to, you know, like just literally to go and see someone about being scared of dogs. Because so I've seen this a person who's bird phobic and he sort of go, oh, you'll grow out. I mean, I can see what she, when she says, don't say get a dog because everyone goes, oh, you get your own dog and they just love them to death and it's all going to be fine. But it's not fine. And this woman who is bird phobic, she literally, they bought a bird within 20 metres of her and she flipped, started crying. And so it's probably worth actually talking to someone properly about it. I really think that because dogs are everywhere and dogs do give an enormous amount of joy to families. So it's kind of hard to avoid them. don't have an them. issue with them. Exactly. Yeah. As you say, you can go to a park or a playground and be like, great, no dogs. But yeah. you have to be constantly worried that one's going to turn up and that's not fun for anybody. Yeah, I think Lockie's kids were, they didn't like dogs for a long time. and But they, I mean, they came good. Is this, they came good, how am I going? Yeah, they came good. There's not good and there's good. I'd ask for some proper help, I think, on that. Because they're just, there's too many dogs, too many opportunities and too long to be nervous. Can't live being that sort of fearful, comfortably. Mm, I agree. For the whole family. We can all opine about how dog owners need to be more responsible and keep their dogs on leads, and that's yeah. true. But it is very hard to avoid a world with dogs in it. Yeah. So I think that you're probably going to have to face that phobia head on at some point. Yeah, and there's always going to be a rogue dog as well. There's always going to be some dog, they have a moment where they do something stupid. So when it comes good, like when you're 
son loves the dogs again. Jeez, you fought the dog for a long time. Look at you now. You've never been happier. You look 10 years. She's she's taken years off my life. She's curled up at my feet right now because there's nothing she likes better than sitting in the podcast tent with me. But I think Andrew might be right about this. Don't be embarrassed about asking the doctor. Go to your GP and say this is really impacting your life. They would probably direct you in the right place. Yeah. If you have any questions for us, we would love to hear it. Remember, you can email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au. All right, Holly, five golden rules. Yes. So... We do this as a content series on Mamma Mia. And the idea is to get a glimpse into what other families do, right? Now, I think we should alternate. I think I should do one, then you should do one, and then I should do one, and then you should do one, right? Should we do it like that? Okay. Okay. Some of mine are serious and some of them are not so serious, right? When I was thinking about this last night, I was like, we don't have that many rules. And then I was like, maybe that's a problem. (laughs) But these are like... you're hippies, man. These are more like big philosophical rules, I reckon. So... My mom told me two really good pieces of advice before I had a baby. One of them is stop saying, you, are you ready to have a baby and decide if you're ready to be a parent because babies are oh. only a very short period of life, which is true that you don't think about that when you're about to have one. But the other piece of advice she gave me, which I think is true, always be happy to see your kids. So when they and there is an exception to this which is late at night when they should be in freaking bed yeah. and they come out or you know one of those kind of situations and that you've told them a million times then you're allowed to be like i don't want to see your face i don't want to see it go away <laughs> but otherwise all the studies show and i genuinely believe also that Parents who smile when they see their kids, like first thing in the morning, when they get home from school, when they walk in the door after doing whatever they're doing, and are like, hey, and are genuinely happy to see them, it gives a sense of love that you can't express in other ways. That is one of my rules. All right. Can I ask you just one question about that? Do you have to concentrate to do that? No. I think that's the thing. I'm so glad you said no, because imagine you go, you can hear them coming down the hall and you're going, oh, be happy, be happy. Hello. (laughs) I don't have to fake it, but sometimes I have to remember to, you know, like if I'm at the school gate and I'm thinking about the 25 things I've got to do, it would be relatively easy for them to just slink out and us to start walking without me being like, hey, how was your day? And even though they never answer that question, not that I have to try hard because I'm not happy to see them, but it's like... A conscious reminder to do that. Right, you know what okay. I mean? Like, hi, love you. Mama. Give me one. To that end, this is not the first rule. These are in no order. But to that end, and this is a really big one, is a kiss hello and a kiss goodbye. Oh, Right? Yeah. So when anyone leaves the house, they get a kiss goodbye. When they come home, kiss hello. Generally speaking, you know, and it could be if they're going out for night, for whatever, or that coming home it's just that's it when they were little kids it's books at bedtime it's the same thing but it's just that thing of being able to contact them physically contact them hug them kiss them you know smell them see if they've been smoking durries and that actually was me in my teenage years my mum would be like that come here and give me a kiss i'd be like no no yeah, same same 
that's so funny. Has there ever been a point where your kids didn't want you to kiss them anymore? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's good. No. All right. There's variations in the hugs, though. Some of the hugs are like this, you know, like just... <laughs> and then arms others in, are, you know... leaning out. Others are arms All right. Out. My second rule, and I don't always live this, but I mean to, the kids are not the most important people in this house. I think that kids are gloriously self-centered little buggers by nature it's not their fault right that's how they're made they don't need any encouragement to think that the world revolves around them so i think it does them no harm to sometimes be like no mom's working or mom's talking to a friend or mom and dad are trying to have a chat or whatever like you're it's not all about you mate and we're not going to watch that movie that you want us to watch for the 15th time on friday night just because it's Mm. you want to watch it it's like it's every decision that the family makes does not have to have the kids at the center of it. Of course, right. you love them to bits. Yeah. But they're not no, don't the qualify. top of the tree. Don't go ruining it by qualifying it. <laughs> I had to. Otherwise, people will at me. All right. What, um, do you agree with that rule? I do. I'm not convinced my wife agrees with that rule. Put it this way. If I get a job or something, say, overseas in the olden days, and I'd go... Let's just you and I go. She'll go. Let's take the whole family. And I go. Yeah. No, let's not take the whole family. Let's just you and I go. She goes. But it's the whole. F-. And I go. Well, okay. We've just lost all the money we would have made doing the job, <laughs> and now it's costing us double. And she looks at me and goes. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I get it. All you right. Know. Go on. Give me another rule. Swimming lessons. Absolute oh? golden rule. I hate fucking swimming lessons. Oh my god, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> Swimming lessons. Have to have swimming lessons, right? Non-negotiable. Until the end of grade six at least. And if they're good swimmers, they can keep going. But because they're going to spend their lives near or, you know, yearning to be in the water, so they better know how to deal with it. So swimming lessons, golden rule. I like that, but how much do I hate a swimming pool? So much. It's awful, isn't it? Uh, indoor swimming pools, chlorine, every, all the clothes stick to you, everything gets wet on the floor. I hate swimming pools. Do you know once we were at the swimming pool and this kid jumped in the pool next to me, literally next to me, and didn't come up? He just jumped in the water and just went to the bottom and stayed there. And I went, I'm looking, thinking, fun game. And I went, too long. Jumped in. Shit. <laughs> and pulled him out of the water. And his mum is there going, oh, he can't swim. And I just went, oh, okay. Swimming lessons. <laughs> okay. My third rule is effort is everything. Now, I reckon me and you diverge a little bit on this because you're a more competitive parent than I am. A little bit more of a whip cracker. <laughs> yeah. But I am the parent who, when I get the report cards, I look at the effort scores and I make a big fuss about them. I make more of a fuss about them than I do about the marks for the actual work because I genuinely believe that work ethic is crucial and that and work ethic to me doesn't mean like and so you will slave away for 12 hours a day blah blah (laughs) but just it's more that what I tell my kids all the time and they don't listen to me at all is if you're gonna do something do it really try and do it properly Mm. right like so effort is more important than outcome in lots of ways in my house okay that's one of my rules I think that's very good. Has this for a rule? This is a fairly new golden rule. Make the bed. Oh. Right? So everyone. Broken every day by my children. Every single day, 
everyone has to make the bed. There's a side rule to this, which has sort of come about during COVID, which is you must get dressed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I have that rule too. My daughter's always trying to slob around in a pajamas. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no. Jazzy who's doing your HSC. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning and I went, you're in your pajamas. And she goes, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I said, no one can take anything seriously that they're doing themselves if they're in their pajamas. It's like if you go to a meeting and wearing sneakers, you don't take it as seriously as you do if you wear decent shoes. Ooh, do you know what I mean? That's an old-fashioned view, but I like it, yes. Yeah, so make the beds. So what have we got? Kiss hello and goodbye, swimming lessons, make the beds. That's three fairly reasonable rules. <laughs> Things are quite traditional in your house. I like it. In my house so far, we've got always be happy to see them. Yeah. They're not the most important people in the house and effort is everything. Number four is tell as much truth as everyone can handle. I reckon I've got friends. Oh, yes. I've got friends who lie to their kids all the time, like it, with the best of intentions. But, you know, mommy, did you ever get drunk? No, mommy never got drunk. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that kind of rule, but also just about life and about friendships and about all those things is I try and be as upfront with them as I can without breaking their little spirits. I reckon kids can smell pretend, right? They can tell when you're faking it. So the other day, for example, Brent and I were having a vigorous conversation in the kitchen about money. It wasn't like the sky is falling, but, you know, just like one of those conversations where I was like, I thought this, and he was like, I thought that. And Matilda came in and she was just like, why are you two fighting about money? It's scary. It's frightening. Are we in trouble? Like, is there something bad going to happen? And the thing is, is that my instinct in those situations, especially because I'm transitioning now from like little kids into kids who understand a bit more, is to be like, no, no, don't worry about anything, babe. But that doesn't wash anymore. She's 11. So as much truth as you can handle is, mommy and daddy feel a bit differently about money sometimes. <laughs> What comes in, what goes out, and what we should be doing yeah. with it. Like, sometimes we feel differently about it, and we need to have a bit of a ding-dong. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh. I've never actually heard that as much truth as you can handle. I think that's a really good one. That's a really, really good phrase. I think that's important. Give me another one. Okay. Well, it's a similar sort of line, I suppose, that everyone gets a go Right. So if you're doing something like if, well, it actually gets down to the dinner table, which I'm getting up to my big number five. But at the dinner table, if someone's got something to say, they get their chance to say it. Right. They have their opportunity to finish what they're saying before getting belted or, and it is not always fruitful. But so everybody gets heard. Everyone gets heard. Yeah. But, you know, like some people would happily speak for the whole dinner. So you sit there, <laughs> but everyone gets their chance to be heard is like, you know, that's because, you know, there's nothing worse than conversation goes on and then you, you never get your go and then you're just sad. That's true. You, but you've got to also learn how to interject, right? You've got to learn how to be like, and another thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to learn how to hear the interjection. Yeah, it's interesting. That's true. It's a very good lesson, especially I'm going to stereotype for men. 
<laughs> Thanks for that. Because they do like to blather. Oh, on there's a no lot. question. There's like, oh, <laughs> I agree with you. They don't necessarily train to think like. I wonder what other people think about this. Anyway, my most important parenting rule, and it is a rule I live by, and that every person who listens to this glorious mess would know when it comes to parenting is lower the bar. We have been indoctrinated, women in particular, modern parents with this idea that there is a perfect way to parent out there, that we're not doing it right, but everybody else is doing it right. And that there is a way to do it that's perfect and all those things. It's not true. Lower the bar to a place that works for you and your family. Don't hold yourself up to a standard that is impossible for you to keep just because so-and-so next door can do it. Lower the bar so you can be as happy as possible. And that might mean talked about this heaps on this show, birthday parties. Maybe you love making cakes and stuffing party bags and making it the most special day of the year. Or maybe you'd just like to put a sausage in a roll and call it a day. Like <laughs> lower the bar. That's what I'm saying. I think saying. it's great. I think, you know, live to a way that you can be happy. You know? Yes. Great. Love it. That's it for me. What's your last one? This is the single most important parenting thing in this house. No screens at the dinner table. No television on when we're eating. I so disagree no, with this one. No, no. <laughs> if I look at, I'm looking at Michaela as well because so we're all remote, just so you know. And Michaela's <laughs> like now just going, what the hell? No television during mealtime. What about like Saturday night dinner? No, no, no. If you're sitting in front of the TV, you're sitting in front of the TV. But when you're sitting at the table, the television is off and there are no phones. Oh, right, right, right. No yes. screens, with you, with you, no. And if someone has to go to their phone for something, they go, excuse me, I'm just going to look that up. These things are cancer, right? They oh, are absolutely detrimental to the, our ability to communicate with each other in the way that we are designed to do so. And you can say all day long that this is the new normal. It's the shit new normal. We have to learn to talk. <laughs> I'm with you. No screens at the dinner table, 100%. However, I love a TV dinner. In our house, we love TV dinner. We're watching Survivor. We're a bit late to it. We're watching it well after it's finished. Kids both love it. I love it. And like Survivor yeah. dinner is my favourite thing. So, but when it's at the table, it's at the table. It's at the table. It's at the table. <laughs> I like it. Uh, now everybody has to share theirs. So we are going to put our five golden rules of parenting in the Mommy Parents Facebook group. And then I want everybody else to come and add theirs. And maybe we can do another show down the line with the best rules. The I'd love to has. do that. I'd love to know. Because I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it ends when they're older either. No, it's forever. These could be family rules for even when everybody's an adult and you're having Christmas together and the grandkids and whatever. Who knows? But also they can be little things or big things. Like just before we started recording, Andrew's son came in and said, if you make a cup of tea, you make one for everyone. That is so true. That is a rule that should be in every house. Yeah. It should be on a tea towel if it's yeah, not already. It did, what I didn't tell you he said was, and if you don't do it, you have to spend the night outside. And then he goes, and if you're making dumplings and you don't offer the dumplings, you have to spend two nights outside. Oh, my God. Dumplings, yum. So. Okay. That's it for our, our golden rules of parenting. We want to hear yours now. So we're going to put them in our Facebook group. Nailed it. You failed it. Before we go, nailed and failed, Mr. Dado, what was yours this week? Listen, Holly, as you'd expect, it's a part nail, part fail. <laughs> we got the salami back. Oh. 
the Dutta's made it's salami. Good. It's good. Well, it's all right. It's like it's got a little bit too much fennel, so it's a bit licorice but it's quite good. And then because the garden's now growing, right? So all the seed, the chili's on. So I made some chili oil. Oh, yum. And I put it in the Will thing. you make me some chili oil? Yes, sure. Okay. Can you just wait until the Carolina Reapers come through? Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. You only need – it's just <laughs> great. Anyway, so I made some chili oil. I put it in a different bottle where the oil goes. Uh-oh. My daughter made the most beautiful, beautiful potatoes and veggies with oil on them and stuff. Put the chili oil on them instead of the normal oil. Inedible. And then oh, I got in no. trouble. I got in trouble. <laughs> I got in trouble putting chili oil in a different bottle than where it normally goes. And that so, is so something Brent would do. That is a Brent, <laughs> my partner Brent. He would do exactly that. Yeah, it's like, like he's I'd, he's amazing in many ways, but he never knows where thi- like the rules of where things live. Yeah, well, the fact is, Holly, and this is the second part of the story, it was a gift. This particular bottle was a gift for someone else and I just put it there and then she just took it upon herself too. But anyway, massive fail. Uh, But the oil was (laughs) right on the button, like really good. Just a drizzle over your store-bought pizza, absolutely perfect. I love that. So my nailed and failed is a nail that our parent dilemma person today won't like because it's dog related. But we taught the dog to swim. Wow, how? With and food? So, no, we by throwing her basically in some deep water. But <laughs> a little bit more detail than that. But we went away because so regular listeners might know this, but I now live in regional New South Wales. And um, we're allowed to travel within regional New South Wales under the new regs. So last weekend, nearly all of the town that I live in went away somewhere. And we went down to a beach just an hour south of here and stayed in the cabin. It was awesome, even though the weather was atrocious. On the Sunday morning, we went for a swim and there's like quite a big channel that runs down into the ocean there. Into the shark infested waters? Into the shark infested (laughs) waters. And we had to cross the channel to walk the dog on the dog beach. And the first time we went across the channel, Brent carried the dog, which was just embarrassing for her and everyone else. She's a staffy. She's quite big. She isn't a poodle. She looks silly being carried, even by a big man like Brent. She looks embarrassed. So on the way back, when we had to cross the channel again, we were like, let's, Elvie, she loves the beach, but she doesn't swim. And then we were like, let's try. So we basically just dumped her in there, coaxed her really gently into the slightly deeper water. And before we knew it, her little paws were going and her little back paws were going and she made it across the channel and the kids were like, yeah! And it was a beautiful family nail. Great. Great. Making memories, baby. Making memories. What about when you pick up a staffy and you carry them and they just put their legs out stiff? Because they're so uncomfortable. (laughs) She's just like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. I'm a big, tough dog. Just sorry, quickly. (laughs) I walked our first staffy and it was a really hot day. So I threw it into a dam and the dam water was really cold. And he literally, oh, he sank, right? And he sank to about two feet underwater and didn't move his legs. <laughs> and he's just oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and eventually he rose to the surface and put his head up and then came out. I just went, okay, not how to teach a dog to swim. Yours oh, was much no. better. 
that's all we have time for on this glorious mess this week. Remember, you can send us your parenting dilemmas or come and talk to us in the Facebook group anytime you want to. And if you enjoy this glorious mess, why not listen to one of our other podcasts, The Spill? It has a smart take on celebrity news every single afternoon. Laura Brodnick, Key Reese, both of them really know their stuff. Whatever the celebrity stories are that are around, they're always talking about yeah, it's them good. in a clever it's way. Great show. It's your daily pop culture fix. Here's a little taste. Cook it like Beckham. Or maybe not. So last week, Brooklyn made his debut on the Today Show in the US as their chef. And what's the dish that he's decided will showcase his culinary skills to the world? Oh, well, of course, it's an English breakfast sandwich. He's basically flipped a dried egg onto a piece of yes. toast. Why, Victoria Beckham, are you letting him be lame like this? Like, stop him. He's embarrassing himself. He's just such a good example of celebrity nepotism leading to mediocrity. No wonder he's going to keep flitting around the world not really doing anything because no one tells him that he's not that good at stuff, you know? I think we need to tell him. Oh, look, I, I think, think we've we told to him. Let's send him this down. episode. <laughs> This Glorious Mess Big Kids is brought to you by Mamma Mia. This episode is produced by Michaela Floriano. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next yeah, week. Yeah, we will. Good on your whole. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.